We are LP Magazine, and since 2001, we've been the leader in providing content and education for the loss prevention and asset protection industry, and we are known as the voice and authority of the LP community. Each episode, we'll be sharing and discussing the latest in trends and current issues related to all things retail and profit protection. You're listening to the LPM Podcast. and welcome to Two Cents on Two Things. My name is Kevin McMenamin. I'm the Chief Operating Officer for LP Magazine and LPM Media Group. And joining me today is Rob Holm, who is the Director of Global Security for McDonald's. Good day to you, Rob. Good day to you, Kevin. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. So, Rob, tell me a little bit about what your role is at McDonald's. Excuse me. I've been with McDonald's for about 14 years now, and I'm the director of global security. So what, uh, when I get asked, uh, I, a lot of people ask, well, what do you do there? So um, what I use as an example, you know, we serve 67, 68 million people a day. And so when it comes to security, you know, people say, well, that's one in a million chance somebody gets hit by lightning. Well, it's about a one in a, you know, 68 times is going to happen a day at McDonald's. <laughs> so, so it's, it's really keeping, uh, helping to keep our people, our customers, and our brand safe and secure. All right, Rob. Well, thank you very much for sharing what you do. Uh, let's go to the board. So we've got three topics here, or three categories, I should say. And underneath those, we've got a number of topics. Um, what's going to be your first topic you're going to give us two cents on? Let's go with political and defend to fund the police. All right. That's a good one. And I know it's something that you're a little, a little passionate about, too. So I'm um, looking forward to getting your two cents. Are we, are we defending or defunding the police? We're, we're the, well, I'm, I'm going to comment about defunding, which will be my defense for not defunding. All right. So let's hear your two cents on, on not defunding the police. Sure. So, you know, when I talk with colleagues of mine, and even family, it's not really clear in people's mind what exactly does that mean, defunding or defund the police. So just for clarity, I want to make sure we're, we're aligned. And it, bottom line, it means reallocating or redirecting funding away from the police department to other agencies within that local municipality. So simply put, it's, it means budget cuts, fewer resources, and less ability to provide, you know, training opportunities that are meaningful to that department. And personally, I think, I mean, you can pick up a newspaper, you can go online, look at the news, and uh, it's not uncommon you're going to come across cities that are considering or have already considered measures to fund the police. Uh, Last count I came across is at least 16 major cities where this has been occurring. And on, on top of that, you know, we have police departments. I think last year, 86% of the departments reported a staffing shortage across the country. And I think a lot of it has to do with the you know, police morale, um, retirements, and resignations have soared. Oh, yeah, they've skyrocketed. Absolutely skyrocketed. I read a a study from, I believe it was a police executive research forum, where they said like 45% increase in the retirement rate and nearly 20% 
increase in resignations in 2021 compared to previous years. So right now, policing is being challenged in ways that, Kevin, we have never seen, ever. Well, it, it, as a police officer, I mean, it, it, how can you not feel like you're not appreciated? Um, and, and how can you not feel like you want to get out of an environment like that, you know, when they're, when they're making these calls and taking away these resources and they're, and they're taking away those training opportunities, which, by the way, if so facto, if you had the training opportunities to help educate on some of the issues that we have, you know, wouldn't that also put us in a better position, right? Uh, absolutely. And, and then, you know, when you think about that, and then on top of it, in the last year or so, the large cities have seen an increase, I think it's on 25%, a spike in killing so far this year, following a 30% increase last year in homicides. And so you wonder why in the world would a city consider reducing budget in the police department. Now, now I'm gonna I'll be the first one to tell you that you know the police departments you know, aren't perfect. Um, I have family members that are former law enforcement. Um, I have people that work for me that are former law enforcement. I never was. I interned with the U.S. Marshals and the FBI uh, back in the day. That's as close as I came. But but to me, um, I know there there definitely are opportunities. You know, to reform, to educate, to train, to become more relevant with our, you know, the, the uh, police officers. So it's it's really, I guess, not looking at it as from a quantity standpoint, but maybe it's more of a quality police officer that can make a difference in the communities. Yeah, and I think that th that's the key, right? I'm right there with you because I have uh, family in law enforcement. I, I come from a law enforcement background myself. And, you know, there, there is an evolution. I think there's something to be said for the argument that, you know, things have evolved or changed or what have you, and, and we need to look at things a little bit differently. I, I get some of that for sure. You know, I, I think that there are definitely opportunities um, for us to use education and training and awareness and um, and sensitivity and um, when we start talking about things like diversity and inclusion and, and um, general just overall acceptance and things like that, um, there are things that need to evolve, you know, even within the police departments. But um, but is it a is, is defunding them and cutting them back and forcing them out and forcing them away? Um, some of them, like you said, they're not perfect, but some of them are great, great people. They're great officers. Um, they've they've dedicated their lives to protecting us, and um, this just this just feels wrong. You know, that just the, the way they were going about it just feels wrong. Yeah, I, I, um, and this is good. This is my, my own opinion. I mean, the, the, these are my views that I'm sharing with you today. These are not McDonald's views, but, but, yes. <laughs> <laughs> legal disclaimer has been entered. Yes. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I firmly believe that there is that false narrative of systematic racism in law enforcement. Uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with the media. That, that is is not accurate. It's 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 false. And the majority, uh, the lion's share, ninety plus percent of law enforcement, women and men, are one. There are neighbors. There are there are people that we hang out with. They're in our communities. There are churches. You know, they they they're great. They're good people. So um, yeah, there's bad eggs everywhere, and they're going to have those in whatever organization you're in. And, um, and unfortunately that's, that seems to be where the, the media gravitates toward. 
and you're right because that and it's that right that theory of you know one bad apple doesn't spoil the whole bunch right there isn't a profession that you can go into that you can not identify uh, someone who is bad um, or has bad intentions or otherwise um, it's it's an unfortunate reality right but you're gonna it's it's everywhere it, nothing is going to be perfect it never be perfect. You know, defund or, or not defund, that doesn't make it, that's not going to make it more perfect. But it seems like the, the crime rates, as you said, you know, the homicide rates and everything else are increasing in this time when we're talking about all this defunding. And, and how do we head down that path yeah. to, to defund when we need those resources, it would seem more than ever. Who's doing the investigations, yeah. you know, to solve these murders? Who's out there to prevent them from happening in the first place? Well, to your point, Kevin, I know because of the increase in homicides and murders, you know, some some you will hear or will say, well, it's because all the anxiety that's surfacing regarding the pandemic. That's that's what it's associated with. Or or maybe it's, you know, you hear about the bail reform and the prison reform and people getting let out of prison early. You know, it's because of that or more guns are being purchased than ever before, you know? Uh, so, I mean, I, I guess, you know, those all possibly are things to take into consideration, but on top of that, you know, having fewer officers <laughs> working overtime because they're short staffed and their priorities are being shifted is just adding to the stress. And, and that's just, anyway, I, I think, I think it's just a it's a misnomer. Uh, I, I believe it's misdirected. I, I the, the funding should be increased to inc- improve the retention, improve the training, improve the morale. It, it, you know, really uh, has to do with attracting good candidates. Um, I mean, all those reasons. So yeah, it's it's it is it's it's like I said earlier. Um, we have never. In, in my lifetime, and I think even before my life, have ever policing been challenged uh, like this um, ever. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's definitely um, a challenging time. And, and you know, I don't I, again, I am completely against defunding police. Excellent. Well, I'm right there with you. And um, and I know we have a, a great audience of loss prevention, security, investigation type people. Some of them come from law enforcement backgrounds. Some of them come from law enforcement families. I know we have a, a significant law enforcement community that, that listens to uh, to our channel, our different LPM uh, podcasts and webcasts and so forth as well. So to say thank you to all of you in law enforcement yes. uh, and the military um, for being out there and protecting us and, uh, and keeping an eye out for all of us um, cannot say thank you enough. So we are here with you, Kevin. Well, well said. And, and I, you know, I do. I would just, you know, challenge those listeners when you are out uh, on the street, when you are out um, walking, driving, whatever, and you come across an officer, just stop and tell them thank you for your service. You know, just just shake their hand. Um, that goes that that would go a long way, and and take the little extra effort because their life is in jeopardy. You know that's what they're that's what they signed up for, and not to be respected by their you know their congressmen, their local uh, politicians, by the media, by the pundits that are out there. It's it's uh, it's deplorable. So um, do what we can and individually, and I think it would go a long way. 
Well said, well said. And um, definitely need to make sure that, that they feel appreciated. So thank you, Rob, for, for that. And thanks for sharing your two cents on your first thing. But now we're going to move on to your second thing. So let's go back to the board. Um, we're done with defund the police. So where are we going to go next? Well, let's do the personal pillar. And uh, I'd love to talk about what faith and family uh, means to me. Faith and family. I think even before we started talking about doing one of these together and, and having you on uh, the program, I could have picked that as your topic, you know, without even thinking about it, because I think there are few people that I know um, that are stronger um, in faith and family than you are. Um, and uh, and it's, it's a huge part of who you are. Um, and the wonderful person that you are. So I'm, I'm looking forward to exploring this one a little bit more with you to, to let people understand um, who don't know you um, know a little bit more about your two cents on faith and family. Wow. I think it's important that I make sure your listeners know I did not pay you one penny <laughs> to, pay, to say what you Well, I have known you, uh, you know, it's been, I don't know how many years it's been, Rob, but yeah. I mean, going back through, and we met through the uh, the association originally, I think, um, yeah. you know, the restaurant uh, association, and, and we've done some work together over the years, and we've got to spend some time together, and I've gotten to spend, you know, had the, the absolute honor and privilege to get to know you and your family a little bit better, and, uh, um, you know, that's that's all from the heart. That's not scripted. That's not anything else. That's If someone said to me, Rob Holm, you know, I said, well, here we go. Yeah, I can do two words, faith and family. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Kevin, and and uh, I appreciate our relationship very much. So 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 thanks for that. Um, yeah, so yes, faith and family. So that is exactly that in that order to uh, to me. Uh, faith is my number one priority. Uh, a family uh, damn close behind that. Um, so so yeah, but but I'll be honest with you. This is never. It's not always been that way. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna share some some vulnerability here, I guess, uh, to say, um, and I'm a sap too. So I, I hope not to get emotional. Here. Um, <laughs> yeah, please don't because I'm a sap too. And that'll just <laughs> <laughs> me right in. So I can't believe I didn't put any Kleenex nearby. Uh, I'm looking around. I don't have it anyway. So, but, um, yeah, so, so I'll just start with when, I, you know, I, I started my job, I, you know, uh, right out of college, I worked for Honeywell, you know, in corporate security, uh, had an opportunity to then move on to 3M and, and, you know, just fast forward. I was always looking to uh, improve my career the way that I thought was important, which was, you know, uh, get, get, get that big title, get that corner office and get that big, big paycheck because it was all about, um, you know, supporting the family and in my mind. And, and so I did that. I always, I, you know, at the time I was always looking for that, that big, that next opportunity. And, and I was given those opportunities and I would fight back. I always thought it was because of me that I was getting those opportunities, but it wasn't, it was because of, you know, him. And so, um, fast forward, I got to that, got to that, you know, vice president, the officer level, uh, in, in security at Tribune company, got that beautiful corner office overlooking Michigan Avenue on the 20th floor, uh, and the big paycheck and bonus and stocks, all that kind of stuff. I'll tell you, Kevin, when I got there, it wasn't worth, it was not worth it. You know, the, the, the stress, 
dealing with the issues uh, that you that when you're at that level that you have to deal with, letting you know having to let people go, sacrificing my personal time with my family. Um, at the time, that I thought it was a, that was the right thing to do. Um, and then on the personal side, when we moved to Chicago, when uh, you know uh, my wife knew I loved to golf, and so she found her, her new hairdresser, and her hairdresser happened to be married, and her husband was looking for a fourth partner to golf uh, in the men's league on the weekends. And so my wife goes, "Hey, I think my husband would be interested," you know, and. So she comes home. Hey, Rob, I think, you know, because I, I was working so much. I really didn't have a personal life. I didn't have any friends. You know, we moved from Minnesota to, to Illinois. And so anyway, I said, hey, you know what? Uh, I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to call him up and see if I can join his, his foursome. Well, so I did. And it just so happened to be Sunday mornings. So I now I'm golfing Sunday mornings. My wife and boys are going to church. When I, when I should be going to church and, uh, and I, here I am golfing and, uh, having fun, but again, losing my focus on, on faith and family. And, um, believe it or not, one day, uh, God struck me down with the yips. <laughs> so I don't know if anybody knows what the yips are, but it's not something you want when you're a golfer. Uh, I, I would have this uncontrollable jerk when I would about to strike the ball and it would go, it would not go where you wanted it to go. And that was a sign. And that was a sign of going, okay, maybe I, you know, so I, I gave up golf, got back family. Um, and then one more, one more story about, about faith, uh, and, and having a sign is, um, when I was at Tribune, when I got to that big job, um, we almost were going bankrupt. So we put the company up for auction. 11th hour, a local billionaire came in and bought the company to take it from public to private. And uh, the first day he came on board, uh, Sam Zell is his name. He took the C-suite and wiped them out. Everybody lost their job at the, at the C-suite level. He brought in two of his cronies to come in and run the company. I reported into one of them. I, like Again, I was the vice president. Three months later, my job was eliminated. So in April of 08, and if everybody that was living back then in 08, that was not a time, the economy was not such as where you wanted to go looking for a job. Not at all. Nope. That was a, that was a rough year. It was a, so here I am in April of 08, and um, as a vice president, now I have no job. Um, I was given a little severance, but not, not nothing, nothing major, but... Uh, I had to redefine myself, uh, and I had a son who was a senior in high school, and I committed to him that I would not take any job outside of the area that would require us to move. And uh, there, it was slim pickings. I mean, I, you know, we were having you know pasta with a little sauce once in a while, um, and um, I, had to, I had to figure something out. So I, I, I was knocked on my knees, uh, humbled, um, and and became a, a insurance agent. You know, and got my license to sell insurance, Aflac. I mean, as an Aflac agent, learned a lot. Um, got a lot of respect for those insurance agents. You know, you, got, you know, um, but I, it, I, it was losing that job at Tribune. I would reflect back now, and it was probably one of the best things that could have happened to me. I, I did some consulting that I always wanted to do. This, you know, kind of play in that field. So I was a security consultant. I would get called. The, the phone wasn't ringing off the hook. Don't get me wrong, but 
but I got some assignments that were really something I challenged myself with and learned a lot in. And so eventually I wouldn't be here today if, if, if I didn't lose my job at Tribune and, and reflect back, you know, Sam Zell completely disrespectful, unethical, sued many times. So there was a reason why what happened to me happened to me. And I firmly believe um, it was because of him. So I learned a lot. And the one thing that I took away from that experience was, is that when, when, when adversity happens, um, when you get through it and you come out on the other side, you become stronger. You can become better. Absolutely. And so, so just, if I could, just, I, 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 um, I do daily reflections, my wife and I do. And, uh, and today's reading. So, so I woke up a little earlier than she did. So I read it, I did it myself, but um, I'm just going to read that, you know, today, the 10th of December goes like this. Um, I got to change my glasses. Apologize. Getting older. <laughs> okay. It, it starts like this. Make me the focal point of your search for security. And then it says, instead of yearning for a problem-free life, rejoice that trouble can highlight your awareness of my presence. In the darkness of adversity, you are able to see more clearly the radiance of my face. Accept the value of problems in this life, considering them pure joy. Remember that you have an eternity of trouble-free living awaiting you in heaven. So this is Jesus calling, enjoy peace in his presence and it's uh something that you reflect on every day so that's just ironic that it happened to be today's reading and having this podcast um yeah yes you know kind of meant to be well especially in, in um in sharing these stories with us uh and and finding those moments of adversity that those are the moments that you um found yourself and, and found your faith um i think uh yeah how poignant was that and it, was that another sign? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. Hey, it's good. Kevin, you nailed it. Because when I when I when I mentioned I was knocked on my knees and I was searching, what should I do? I I'm a I'm a converted Catholic, so I'm a convert, and I my faith became so strong. I mean, I was you know praying to Mary every day, you know, rosary every day, and I continue that. So you know, every but but it was you know again, God's saying, hey. This is this is not your plan to be you know the top dog of security. This is you know what and and you kind of forgot about me uh, and and now you're down and out and now you now we want to re, get reacquainted and and let you know that it's my plan, not yours. And and that's exactly it. So as long as I keep that focus and know it's his plan and keep my priorities straight uh, and and keep my family. As a priority, you know, all's good. Beautiful, beautiful. And I know that your family is a priority. Um, we talked a little bit more about faith than we did about family, but uh, I know you have an absolutely beautiful family, and and that, uh, and I know how how dedicated you are uh, to them. Um, so uh, definitely, and as a as a role model for um, you know for for applying that faith into your family, um, you you take the cake for that one as well. Yeah, I've been, I've been very blessed. I've uh, been married to my wonderful wife, Joanne, for 32 years. I still have her fooled. 
and and I have um, a son who's 31, John, and uh, another son, Luke, who's 29. Um, my wife did not allow me to have a Matthew and a Mark or a Mary. Um, <laughs> so we got John and Luke, and, we're, and I'm very blessed uh, and fortunate, uh, for, yeah, with my family for sure. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, Robin. You did perfect. You, uh, uh, I know you were a little worried about that. Um, uh, I didn't know where you were going to go with it, but I know that you were worried about uh, making sure that your sensitive side didn't come through too much. So <laughs> good job. You held it together. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. All right. So uh, thank you for sharing your two cents on two things. I'm going to ask you to share a little bit about your uh, your charity. Now, interestingly enough, um, just recently spoke with um, Jennifer Schaefer, um, uh-huh. who's over at T-Mobile now, but used to work with you. And um, she also had picked the Ronald McDonald House Charities for um, for her charity pick. Um, so we heard a little bit about it, but I'd love to hear what, what, um, what this means to you, this charity means to you. Yeah, and it, I, you know, there's so many wonderful charities out there, uh, but obviously this one is close and dear to my heart. You know, it's associated with uh, the company that I work with and and work for. Um, it, 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 for those that may not know, uh, it's it's for children that have complicated uh, health conditions that require them to be held at the hospital for long periods of time and if anybody's experienced that and as a parent uh you know staying at hotels um you know they're really hospitals aren't set up for long stays um especially for people that are not you know um being treated so ronald mcdonald house charities is exactly that it allows for families for parents for siblings to stay long term in their homes as a home, a home away from home for free at no charge. And um, it's just, it's, and we, so my team knows this, if they are listening or do listen to this podcast, you know, when we get together as a team, you know, once a year, everybody's remote. So we try to get together once a year, at least minimally is obviously it's been difficult with, with this pandemic, but we are planning on getting together in January uh, in San Diego which we've done in the past. And, and I always make it a point, the very first thing that we do to start off our team meeting, and it's strictly voluntary, but that we serve breakfast at the local Ronald McDonald house. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's wonderful. So we are scheduled to do that uh, in January. And again, for those that uh, on my team that are willing and, and want to do that, and, and <laughs> they all do, uh, they always show up and it's, it's such a wonderful, Great team building thing. Uh, uh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, what a great opportunity! Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, so well, that's a well, we've got um, the website for the Royal McDonald House Charities is rmhc.org. Um, if you go to the main page there, click on the top right corner. There's a donate button, um, and we hope that you will uh, take the time and, and reach out to uh, to donate and support this wonderful charity. And if, and if not, then see if you can get to uh, Rob's meeting and go serve breakfast with him as well. Do something, do, do some little piece. And uh, Rob, we're going to make a donation of $300 to uh, RMHC on your behalf. Awesome. So, as, a, as a thank you for all that you do and, and uh, thank you for all that you do for the industry. 
as well as for your faith in your family uh, and your support of the police um, <laughs> and this charity. So thank you very much um, for that. And before we go, we got two quick things. So two quick things. Um, I think we're going to go with, uh, I think you let me pick the first one. So I think we decided that um, I would pick one, um, something that most people don't know about you. Cause I love that. You know, I love asking that question to people. So I'm going to start with that one and ask you, um, give me something that most people don't know about you. So first off, very generous. Thank you for that donation. Um, so this year, actually, I became an ordained minister. And, uh, and what motivated that was the privilege and honor that my oldest son, John, and his, at that time, fiance, Aaron, uh, asked me if I would be willing to officiate their wedding. And so, and that they, they asked me in June of this year. And I, of course, I, I said, absolutely. But then later that day, I reflected on what did I sign up for? Um, <laughs> yeah, what, is, what does that mean to officiate and to facilitate a wedding? And that, you know, so of course I, I, I taught myself and researched it and reached out. Matter of fact, I, I, I even reached out to you, Kev, if you remember I do. I do. Yeah. It's not something that most people won't know about you, but it is definitely something that I know about you. And I, I, uh, I applaud that actually that I also got married this year and the person who married us did the same thing for us. Um, so thank you for doing that for your son. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. And, and I know it's not a, it, it's a bit of a journey to get there. So, um, what was that like? I don't know if you can see this, but here, uh, there we go. here's a picture. This has, Hold on. I got, I got to stop sharing so we can get the full screen. All right. All right. Do that. Put that up again. Can you see it? So this was in three weeks ago, a little bit more than three weeks ago, uh, November 13th, just outside of Nashville in the country. And here, this is, um, I don't think they're really even listening to anything I'm saying. They're just, they're just, <laughs> They're just looking at each other. There's big smiles, you know, so if you can see that, you know, so um, anyway, it was my people that I asked, you know, how, hey, how, they weren't there. Yeah, how, how did it go? How did the wedding go? And, and my wife, I think, coins the phrase in one word, magical. So I'm not quite that creative, but yeah, it was anyway. So you know, being an ordained minister is, you know, is, is one thing that I don't think many people knew about me. That's beautiful. Um, and, uh, and that might have been some pretty special memories too. And yes, I did send you, uh, some of the, 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 the script that was used as part of, um, part of my wedding. Cause I know that there were a couple things that, that you were going to try to glean from some of the things that were said, because I was absolutely blown away by, um, by the creativity and the, and the thoughtfulness, um, that my very, very dear friend, uh, Val put into, um, to her, uh, speech and her her uh, process there as she um, carried the ceremony for us. So um, hopefully there were bits and pieces of that could help you as well. So and the thing one of them that comes to mind, Kevin, that I for sure stole shamelessly from you uh, in your ceremony was the part where um, you asked the audience to stand up and 
and make and really take vows and commit that they will support you and and Sarah, your wife, uh, in your in your journey as a new married couple, um, in the challenges and the you know the things that happen in in, in life and as a, what a married couple, you know that those people that are there, your friends and family that. They're there, they're, they're there to support you as well through those times, good and or bad. And um, so I, I had the audience, the 130 people that are there stand up and and uh, say that they will uh, commit to those things. And so that was that was pretty special. A lot of people thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's very special. And, um, and I'm really glad that you got to do that. And I'll tell you that um, I will be counting on every one of those people that stood up and said, um, I will, uh, should anything go uh, wrong sideways or there be any difficult trouble. And by the way, I'm pretty sure since we put that Zoom link up so that people could watch it remotely, and I'm pretty sure you said you watched it remotely, um, that it counts in remote too. So I'll be counting on you uh, as well. Hey, I don't wait. I think the audio wasn't working very well during that time. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's what it was. Yeah. You didn't know what you were committing to, right? Exactly. You didn't, know, you didn't read the fine print. Yeah. Okay. All right. Beautiful. Well, thank you for that quick thing. Let's do one more quick thing. Um, Rob, tell me what it was that you wanted to be uh, when you grew up. Cause I, I know it wasn't an LP executive and I know it wasn't, Head of security for Tribune, and I know it wasn't an insurance guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is something that not too many people know either. Um, I actually wanted to be a farmer. Really? Uh, yeah, I was. So, now where did you grow up? Did you grow up on a farm, or I did. I did. I grew up on a farm ten miles from the Canadian border in northern Minnesota. Uh, 660 acres, roughly, and about a third of it was agricultural. And uh, it was a working farm, clearly. And we had we had livestock, so we had dairy cattle, beef cattle, horses, pigs, chickens, dogs, cats. You know, you, you name it, sheep. And so, what we raised in the agricultural piece was really grain, which was to feed our livestock. And uh, I, I'm a 4-H alumni. Um, and so I, I just, you know, as a child, I thought it was the coolest thing. You know, I had, I had my own call. I took, I took to the county fair, you know, got a blue ribbon. I got, I got a blue ribbon. I was like eight years old, but then later my dad burst my bubble and said, everybody eight years old got a blue ribbon. Um, but, uh, but I, uh, and I had, I had my own horse. So I'm a, I'm a twin and, uh, we had a mare who had twin colts. Oh, and no kidding. So, so, so Rick and Rob had Babe and Beauty, and uh, we were five years old, four and a half, five years old at the time, and, and uh, my mom dressed us up in cowboy outfits with the fringes and the hats and the boots, and we actually got our picture on the Badger Enterprise, which is the local town, the weekly paper, <laughs> above the fold. Uh, and so, and you know, it's a small town, Rob, when they put the name of the newspaper is the Badger Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a weekly paper. Just not, <laughs> not was, it a, was it a single sheet of paper, Rob? Or was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, so I, I have fond memories of that. And of course, you know, my older siblings will say, Rob, because I'm six on the food chain and seven kids. And, and they'll say, Rob, all you did is play when we were on the farm. You hardly did any chores. You know, you weren't old enough to do anything. I go, no, I, you know, I remember doing some stuff. You know? 
but um, yeah, so I, I did. I, I wanted to be like my dad and be a farmer um, when I was a kid. So that's that was me. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, Rob, I can't thank you enough for your time today and for really opening up. And you, in when I say you put yourself out there, I mean you kind of went to both extremes, right? Because most people won't test political topics, and it was really exciting to to have you step you know, so far that side and then to have you um, really open up on your, your faith and your family as well as, as deeply personal as I know that that is to you. Um, but I know you're also very proud of it too. So it, it comes natural for you to share that. So thank you very much uh, for sharing that today. Um, it's so great to get your two cents on two things. Thanks for your support of the Ronald McDonald uh, House Charities. And, and again, I hope everyone will uh, reach out to help support that charity as well especially now during the holidays as we're heading into the new year. Um, you know, if you find it in your heart to, to look to donate somewhere, um, maybe reach out and, and donate to, uh, to Rob and Jennifer, who was, who was on recently, Jennifer's favorite pick as well. So thank you for that. Um, we've been talking with Rob Holm, who is the Director of Global Security for McDonald's um, and just an all-around wonderful human being. So, um, Rob, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. It was my honor and privilege, Kevin. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, this has been Two Cents on Two Things. I'm Kevin McMenamin. I'm your host and the Chief Operating Officer for LP Magazine and LPN Media Group. And we hope you'll join us next time on Two Cents on Two Things. Thanks, Thanks so much, everybody.